of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Elizabeth Dutton, do you know what's ridiculous? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Tell me. I've been telling you about ridiculous food products, yes. spinoffs from food products. And I can't stop you. And I can't stop finding them. Ah, so the latest that is ridiculous is that Pepsi is putting out um, the S'mores collection. The S'mores collection? Yeah. For like scented... No, the taste, it's like they're Pepsi. They're, oh. They're, there's three flavors, uh-huh. toasty, marshmallow, graham cracker, and chocolate. Oh, Pepsi soda. It's Pepsi soda. Okay. And so you can like, you know, I thought drink maybe there'd be like a tomato sauce. I don't know what you're pushing over here. You never know. Honestly, these days, I would not be surprised yeah, if it s'mores was. S'mores baby formula. or whatever. Brought to you by Pepsi. Right. So it's only in these mini cans, and they're they're encouraging consumers to mix them up. Like with cocktails? No, like together. So like the, you drink oh, some of the marshmallow and, oh, okay. and then you drink some of the graham cracker and then you snort some of the chocolate. <laughs> you lick your wrist, <laughs> you throw the salt. And you can like, they have like different drink recipes depending on the... Mm-hmm. On the so um, they said, quote, s'mores is one of the most unapologetically delicious treats that everyone likes to enjoy in a different way. So on the last day of summer, we at Pepsi are thrilled to introduce an entirely new way to s'more it with your Pepsi S'mores collection. 
Tell me some more. God, do you <laughs> I work love the for smarmy them? voice you do for I Pepsi. I can't help it. Um, 2,000 lucky people were able to win the drink without buying it. And I think that just means they put it on your front porch and ran away. <laughs> like a flaming bag That's of like crap. It's like when you two put their record on iPhones. Uh-huh. I didn't it's still there. By the way, check your phone. It's still Is there. It? Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, one of the things that this made me think of is that you once told me about an experience you had with s'mores ice cream. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's like one of those fancy ice cream places, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, yes, we've infused this with the sweat of a Himalayan mountain. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know mountains sweat. Okay. They're like, yeah, and this one. I'm like, what's this flavor? They're like, oh, this is s'mores. It's a smoky, delicious flavor. And I was like, all right, bet. I'll try that. You can't mess up chocolate and graham cracker and vanilla. And they, I ate it. They messed up chocolate and graham cracker and vanilla. It tasted like smoke. It tasted like if somebody had just basically taken a campfire and just licked it and then put that in my mouth, that's what in it tasted ice cream. like. Yeah. Interesting. It was horrendous. I took it back to the person who sold it to me. She's like, <laughs> You took it back. Oh, right back. Like I did like two bites and I was like, What is this? Is this wrong? Is this poison? What do you, should you sell this to people? And they're like, Oh, yeah, I probably should have told you. I didn't think you'd like that. And I was like, You didn't think I'd like it. Huh. And you let this idiot walk and away they still with here. Sell it. Yeah, and then they gave me some other like ice cream. They're like, we're gonna try this. I was like, no, I'm done with this. And I <laughs> threw it back and I'm kidding. <laughs> so. And it's just, just like made with liquid smoke. It was yeah, it was horrendous. It tasted like like a New Jersey, like uh, you know, those places where they make flavors that go into food. Huh? Like if, if they had like runoff from like a bad rainstorm, that's what it tasted like. I like how every time something doesn't taste good, you say it comes from a New Jersey chemical plant of some sort. Well, that's I was that's once, what you okay, said about the velvetini. When I was a kid, I I drove through Newark, New Jersey with my dad. And he's like, oh, because my dad's from New Jersey, right? So he takes us. I'm like five. We go to New Jersey. It's the first time I've I've been to New Jersey. We come out of this tunnel. He's like, yeah, Newark. I was like, oh, my God, what is that smell? What the hell? He's like putting the windows down. I'm like, put them up. I'm five. So I'm like, I'm like a jerk kid. Like, I can't believe you lived here and you didn't move. And I'm like, and he was like, I love that smell. This is home. So ever since then, like my idea of something smelling horrendous is Newark, New Jersey. Mm. So you have to forgive me for constantly. But I don't want to blame the city of Newark. That's not fair. So I I blame the industrial chemical plants that surround the city of Newark and said, you know what? It's them. It's good. That's a good target. No, because the people, they did nothing to this. Yeah. Well, so um, I'm glad you asked what's ridiculous. You know what I'm (laughs) (laughs) What is ridiculous? It's your turn. I know. (laughs) So as I was saying, my my pop, he's from New Jersey, right? And I've got a story for you. From New Jersey. Look at that. I know. And this is the kind of story that my grandmom and, and, and my dad, when I was a boy, they would call each other when there was like New Jersey stories of like some mobster getting busted. They're like, oh, baby boy, did you see who got busted? And she would like send him newspaper clippings because it was like some <laughs> mobster that they had seen forever in the newspaper. And they would have like favorite mobsters. And so <laughs> this story is the tale of a mob affiliated New Jersey state senator who was also an undercover FBI informant who also faked his own death so that he could escape his troubles and live his dream life of opening a chain of scuba diving schools. Nice. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. 
Elizabeth. Saren. My man's name that I'm going to tell you the story of today is David Joel Friedland. David Joel Friedland. Yes, write that down. There'll be a quiz at the end. Right, um, a okay. he, he was a brilliant mind, a sensitive soul, a cunning opponent, a New Jersey legend, as I'm about to tell you. You would have liked him when he was young, I bet. Mm -hmm. he, was a, he was a published poet. He studied under Robert Frost. Oh, dang. Yeah, I mean, it was like legit, legit. And, uh, and then he decided to take the road less traveled, <laughs> and it led him into a criminal life of jet-setting luxury. And he became a publicly elected corrupt politician and, uh, you know, had years of mafia kickbacks. Well done. A New Jersey tale to be told for all times. <laughs> now, he followed in his father's footsteps, and he became a lawyer and then later a state legislator just like Pops. Now, mm -hmm. in office, dude starts out young, idealistic Democrat in a Republican-run state government. Now, I don't know if you know this, but New Jersey was primarily yeah. Republican-dominated back then. And this is the 60s, right? So very much like the man in the gray flannel suit, Levitt town, suburbs. This is a very conservative New Jersey, mm -hmm. at, at least southern New Jersey. Now, at the time, there was this small cadre of Republicans who ran the state Senate, and they were called the 21 Club. And there was these 21 dudes who had a lock, and they could block any progressive uh, legislation put forward before the legislature. At 26 years old, David Friedland goes up against this old boys network that's been run in New Jersey. And he argues before the New Jersey Supreme Court that the 21 Club is violating basically the state's uh, statutes about one man, one vote. And he wins. He hmm. wins in the New Jersey Supreme Court, right? And he then changes basically how the Assembly and the State Senate are run for a generation, right? Wow. He rides his success in 1966 to election. So he becomes now an Assembly member, a legislator, and he has this quick, relentless mind. The guy is super fast. You tell him something, he's going to remember it, right? And he's always looking for angles because his father, a lawyer, has taught him to look at things from a way that most people may not think, right? Now, within two years of becoming an elected legislator in New Jersey, he also becomes known for being in the mafia's pocket. Oh, well. Right, right off the well, bat, right? Yeah. So it's, new, it's South New Jersey, and, uh, you know, this law enforcement officer is doing a list of, like, who are the... Members of New Jersey's political class who are in the pocket of the mafia, who are, quote, too close with organized crime. Mm -hmm. And he is at the top of this list. Oh. Right? So the New Jersey Supreme Court, who he'd argued before to, you know, break up the 21 Club, they take away his law license for six months, right? Oh. But he doesn't lose his seat in the assembly because... New Jersey. So they're just like, you can <laughs> well, stay, I mean, son. Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated know, to get yeah. rid of. Yeah, yeah. And it also, you don't, you don't really need a law license. And being an elected politician, the two are not necessarily yeah. congruent. So, he lost, so he's basically, he's disbarred. He, but well, said, he's suspended. suspended. He's not disbarred. Okay. It's not permanent. It's for six months suspension, Got right? It. Now, a couple of years pass, it's 1970, and David Friedland at this point is now going through a really messy public divorce and custody fight, right? And his wife claims that her ex-husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband, is a really, like, kind of an off-the-wall personality. He's inconsistent at home, and this is because he's having rampant hallucinations because he's ingesting too much LSD. What? So there he is, right? It's 1970. He's We're all, don't talk to me till I've had my LSD in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Like, don't, baby, come on with the kids. Come on. <laughs> I got a head full of acid right now. So... We're starting out the 70s as David Friedland. You are a disgraced lawyer, a state legislature who's apparently a secret acid head, and you are on the take for the five families of New York and New Jersey. A great career path, right? I'm so stuck on the LSD. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that just like this Why? guy looks like a candidate for Coke school. Like Totally. I would so imagine him just being all, you know, snowmobile over there. Mm -hmm. And instead, 
He's dropping acid all day. Was yeah. he in microdosing? No, he's full on he's like mega dosing. Mega dosing, like tear me off a piece of that sheet. <laughs> that this is so weird. Okay, yeah. Go. Well, you know, so a couple <laughs> years pass. He gets out of the the uh, divorce. It's now 1977, right? Mm-hmm. So New York City is bankrupt and asking the U.S. government for a loan. Atlantic City is also having problems. So the East Coast is starting to shrink. So there's a little bit of pressure on all these corrupt politicians who've been basically sliding through the 60s and 70s now that the mafia is getting busted by the U.S. government over all sorts of RICO statutes, all these politicians are running for the woods. Mm Kind of. Right? So, at this point, it's 1977 and he gets elected to the New Jersey State Senate because, you know, New Jersey. They're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) That guy's awesome. (laughs) And everyone knows him. His father's known in the area. So, he gets back in there. And at this point, he gets into trouble. Both he and his father fall from grace together because they had been using the Teamsters Local 701 Pension Fund as a piggy bank and oh. making loans to friends and cronies while taking a steep cut, right? So he and his pop get convicted on racketeering charges and uh, for all their shady Teamster deals of about $4 million was the principal loan amount. David Friedland goes down and his father goes down, but he, of course, you know, argues he's innocent. He will be exonerated, right? Now, the Teamsters in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. These people have just buried Jimmy Hoffa in a place yeah. nobody will find him. And he's doing business with them and like thinking like, I can manage this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think how, how our acid head boy is going to do with these rough hitters? I have no idea. I am I am so disoriented at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, he and his father are facing 21 years in prison. Yeah. So, right? But he tells everybody at the Teamsters local... Man, you put me here for a reason because he is the lawyer for the pension fund and the lawyer for the Teamsters 701 local, right? So he's like, I got you guys. So, so their lawyer is on a suspended license. Well, he's gotten his license back. Oh, it's okay. only a yeah, six yeah. months oh, suspension, that's right. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the his criminal conspiracy runs into the rocks of reality when he is unable to sweet talk his co-defendant's wife into lying to a Newark grand jury. That's what he came down to. He had it all worked out, every angle, but he missed one. His his buddy's wife, co-defendant's wife, is like, I'm telling the truth to this grand jury. And he's like, he threatens her and she won't go down. So at this point, 41-year-old David Friedland has to hold a press conference. This is now 1980. Holds a press conference and announces he will resign, effective immediately from the New Jersey State Senate. He is just basically going to lose everything he's... Yeah. Everything yeah. he's lied and corrupted for, right? Yeah. So he tells everybody that he will go and devote his time and resources to finding the real corruption. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. I he like, says, okay, I, honestly, I would not be surprised. <laughs> no, he's like, I'm going to appeal my conviction. He gets sentenced to seven years time, right? He appeals it, and this allows him to remain free. And his primary goal, his one goal is he will not spend a single day in prison, right? So he's like, what do I got to do? Looks like it's time to become a snitch. Well, that'll, yeah, that's one way to do it. Now, Elizabeth, you're an Oakland native, Oakland local. Yeah. In the words of Too Short, what happens to snitches? What do snitches get? Stitches. Yes. Now <laughs> he knows this. David Friedland is on. Yeah. Like, you know he he knows who his drinking and dancing partners are in this nightclub life of his. Right. Right. So he's like, hmm. and he wants to stay out of prison. So he's like, what do I have to trade? I can't roll over on the mafia. That'll just be a death sentence. So he's like, what do I have of value that I can give to the government? He's like, oh, of course, all my corrupt friends. Some of them are elected officials. So he goes to them. He's like, hey, the mayor of Weehawken Township, my buddy, Mayor Wally Lindsay, dirty as all hell. So he starts basically giving up all of his white shoe lawyer type friends and it manages to keep him out of prison. They turn Friedland into an undercover FBI informant. He's willing to wear the whole bit, the body mic. He collects evidence. He's got like, you know, he gives himself like a code name and he takes down this dude who calls him his best friend. 
That's the first person he goes for, right? Wow. So best friend, Mayor Wally, he goes down easy. And uh, in 1983, he's convicted and he's found guilty of, quote, conspiring to extort $600,000 from developers who wanted to develop businesses on Hudson River waterfront land. Dude, a waterfront development is just like... (laughs) Boom. Yeah, it's from like the various like uh, plot cards that you pull (laughs) for when you're you're struggling to get something written. You're like, hmm, how do I do corruption? Waterfront Waterfront development. (laughs) So to avoid his prison term, he's trading in his friends for freedom and things are working out for old Dave Friedman, right? So he's like, hmm... What can I do now that I seem to have escaped my seven years of prison? And so he decides, you know, I'll just quietly get back into crime. Sure. So the U.S. Attorney Office in Newark, they discover this. They discover that David (laughs) Friedland has been playing both sides of the street. Turns out he is still doing illegal deals with the Teamsters Pension Fund. And there is a grand jury hearing looking into a $20 million deal defrauding the local 701's pension fund in 1982 while he was an undercover FBI informant. So this all comes out in court testimony. Friedland catches wind of it when it's in the grand jury testimony. He hears about this this coming investigation. So he's like, you know what? It is time for David Friedland to disappear completely. (laughs) And so after this break, I will tell you about the faked death of David Friedland. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. 
cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Okay, Elizabeth, you ready for the fake death of David Friedland? Uh, Always. Okay, to borrow a phrase and to set a mood, let's dive in. (laughs) I'd like you to close your eyes. As a closed. Okay, it's September 2nd, 1985, Labor Day, and you're on a boat in the Caribbean. Hmm. It's a 27-foot Boston whaler outfitted for a diving school. You're in a wetsuit, and uh, on your back is a tank of oxygen, masks been checked, flippers on your feet, ready to get wet. On the boat with you is a scuba instructor, a cat named Jack Wynn, and there is his client, a man named David, who seems to be more like the owner of the company based on how he's telling everybody what to do. You're a little bit nervous because you've actually never scuba dived before, and uh, you're floating off the Grand Bahama Island. It's a beautiful day, but it's the ocean, ocean. There's just nothing around but you and this boat. And in the shallows of the reef that this boat is parked near, you see coral, tropical fish, and you're scared, but you really do want to dive in. You're like, I think I can do this, all right? You know what you've practiced, you're ready to go, you're eager to see these tropical fish. You look over at David, he's also seemingly ready to dive, except for he's holding a glass of rum in his hand. And it's not going to go well underwater. As the waves are rocking the boat about, the rum is sloshing about in his glass. And then to steady his rum cocktail, he puts it on his knee for a second. And then his other hand reaches in. He pulls out a bottle, a pill bottle. He dumps a couple, but look to be Percodent into his hand. Tosses those back into the back of his mouth. Washes it down with a long glug of yeah, rum. Yeah, boy. <laughs> like, I like the way he parties, son. <laughs> so your scuba instructor, Jack, is right there, seated next to him. And... He has to have seen that. You're wondering, is it, a, is it safe to dive when you're drunk and high on Percodin, like high enough to like tranquilize a horse? I mean, that seems like that would yeah. be bad. Yeah, well, respiratory failure yeah. is like right around the corner. You're like, you're, you're edging that why one. Would you, why would you stress it anymore? So as you wonder about these uh, respiratory failure and the effect of mixing pills and rum, you watch David and Jack as they whisper some stuff back and forth. They're like, ooh, shush, shush. <laughs> And uh, this pill-popping rum-soaked David then pulls his face mask down. He looks ready. He then falls backwards off the boat and disappears into the blue. 
damn, I guess he's going for it. So you're like, oh, I guess it's time for me too. And so you look at Jack Wynn, he nods, and then you pull down your mask, you fall backwards over the side of the boat, splash into the ocean. You're now underneath, amongst the aquatic life, enjoying yourself weightless, like an alien on this planet, right? Mm -hmm. It's so nice. You're like, I can't believe this is what the earth is like. And you're gliding further and further into down into the surface. Am, am I on acid right now? No, but okay. you can be if you want to be. Okay, yeah, let's say I am. <laughs> you're on acid too, <laughs> on acid by yourself. And this semi-silent world of bubbles and blue and fish and all sorts of tropical colors, just amazing. You're like, I, I got to do this again. Mm -hmm. And you still see pill-popping, rum-swilling David ahead of you. Is and he floating face down? <laughs> <laughs> no, interestingly, he's not doing what anybody else is doing. He's swimming towards the shallows like he's like trying to get to the sand. You're like, huh. well, what's up with that? As he swims, you notice that he pulls his scuba tank off and just lets it drop down into the coral. You're like, well, that's not good if you're scuba diving. Yeah. You need air, son. He lets it fall. And then he peels off his flippers and then lets those drop. And then you're like, well, is he drunk? He's what? polluting is what he's <laughs> that's doing. That's what he's damn doing, right? I mean, so come you, on now. You watch from a safe distance, still underwater, and the dude just keeps peeling off clothing like he's the laziest underwater stripper to ever work the Caribbean, <laughs> right? Now, you're like, get to Atlanta and work the real club, son. If right. you're going to have this tent. No, so he's down to a pair of shorts, and you watch as he swims towards this approaching tiny boat. Short shorts? Short shorts. White short shorts. You so like he's them? basically going full abalone diver right Oh, yeah. Now. A lot of thigh meat for you to be looking at. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> so all this thigh meat slides out of the water <laughs> into this little <laughs> tiny boat piloted by an old Bahamian man. Mm -hmm. And David climbs aboard. And you watch the two of them disappear into the distance. You just witnessed David Friedland fake his own death. Whoa. Now, Elizabeth, I got to ask you something. I've never faked my own death. Go ahead. Okay, that was actually going to be my question. <laughs> so you are currently Elizabeth Dutton. Yeah. You've always been Elizabeth this iteration. Dutton. Uh-huh. But if you were, how would you fake your death? If you're mm. mad, I know you're probably not something you've thought about. You're not the type. Well, it has to be something believable. Either uh -huh. I think you have to be either believable or so outrageous that people think like, oh, God, that's, how could that happen? You know, like, I mean, so I've like always said. So like a firework explosion? Well, I've always said, I think like the, the way I, and I know that people have given me a bad time for this because it's sort of preposterous. But, like, if I had to pick how I get to die, I think I kind of want to be mauled by a grizzly bear. <laughs> That's how you could fake your death? No, like, if I were to die, <laughs> to right? actual death. See, we're doing fake deaths here. Right, but I'm saying, so if I've said that to enough people, because uh -huh. I just feel like we so owe it to the bears, some body parts I'll and... sacrifice myself, and uh -huh. it, it's over so quickly. But how would people be able to but know you've been But I get to hug them first? Okay, I think right, you just so want to be a grizzly bear. This has nothing to do with I'm being a fake. So I talk about it, and then I somehow, like, make it look like I got eaten by a grizzly bear. And mm -hmm. they're like, oh. How, as, how do you do that? As was foretold. You just take, a, like, a shoe off and leave it with some blood? Well, no, I get, like, some of my clothes, and mm -hmm. I rip them up. And okay. then I bleed on them <laughs> in one way or another. And then, <laughs> you know, maybe like barf a little in the woods because I'm sure that oh, like, yeah, terror as barf. I'm like, <laughs> terror barf, as I'm hugging the bear. Oh, right. Sorry, and then you're hugging bears. And then the, we look, we lock eyes mm -hmm. and the bear is just like, you have that will they or won't they moment? Then I'm like, blah. I just, <laughs> like terror barf. And then, so this is just how I'm anticipating uh -huh. if it had happened. If it had happened, was. And so, you know, there's like one shoe. Mm -hmm. and some torn, like a torn up pair of Adidas track pants sure. and then like, you know, half a bra mm -hmm. and then some terror barf. <laughs> and then they're like, oh man, well, first of all, the TV remote. Yeah, they're like, this is what she foretold. <laughs> I don't watch TV. There's, this is what she foretold. Uh -huh. So that's so sad. So you're sad. telling people like me to tell the authorities, she's always wanted yes. to go like this. 
Yes, all my family and friends know this. That's why I plant this seed uh-huh. all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I think otherwise you'd, just, you'd fake like an uh, octopus you drowned just, you. You got to just go missing, I guess, and then wait for then your relatives like declare you deceased. But mm-hmm. that ha- that takes like a few a, years. years. That's like seven years, I think. Right? It's a I few don't know. Years. Sure, three, seven years. I don't so know. So I but. would just be like, "Hey, everybody!" Like I'd I would join Facebook mm-hmm. and then <laughs> post on there. So when, only, only way you join Facebook is if you. Plan to is, fake your own death. Yeah, and then I'm like, all right, guys, off to the you know, go Sea of Cortez or what do we call it now? The whatever. The Gulf of Mexico. Gulf of, oh, no, no, Gulf the, of California. Gulf of California. Yeah. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do some paddle boarding, and I know that's so not my style, but I'm not bringing any <laughs> headgear. I'm gonna just be in the sun, and I just want to no, be one with the elements. I just, I just don't want to have any beverages weight me down. <laughs> no water, no suntan lotion. So I'll see you in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's solid. I, I mean, Thank I you. would believe it. I think you would probably fool the FBI. But now it's now I'm screwed. Now it's public. Yeah. Well, I got to find another way to do the, it. The problem with this, and as you will see from David Friedland's attempt is the unexpected. That's always the problem. Right? So what you didn't see while you were scuba diving was that Friedland, his new boat that he piloted away with the Bahamian man, that guy didn't bring enough gas. So the boat ran out of gas in the middle of the Caribbean. Well, that's not an unknown. That's just an improper planning. Well, he didn't know that the guy he hired was an oh, idiot. Oh, yeah. So the guy, yeah, okay. That's what I mean, the unknown. <laughs> so he has to swim to shore. So he does like a mile swim into shore. He then has to climb out of the reef. And I'm not sure if you've ever climbed out of a reef, but he tore up his feet. Right. So then he leaves bloody footprints on the white sand beach going up <laughs> as he steps out of the surf. He walks until he finds a road. So there's bloody footprints from the beach to the sand right up to the road. Then they stop where he got a, a car and hitchhiked. But this doesn't matter because he makes it to the airport in Grand Bahamas. He catches his 6 p.m. flight with just one Gucci bag. He flies to London and he took very little with him. And I quote, I took a couple of my father's belts to keep my pants up and I wanted something of his. I took a wrist bracelet I got on my bar mitzvah. So what does he decide so to do he's, next? So he's like on the plane, wet in yeah. short shorts. And his bar mitzvah r- wrist and bracelet. And a Gucci bag. And, yeah, and bleeding feet. I love him. He so, could have died so many times yeah. between jumping off the boat. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought you'd appreciate him. I do. So what he decided to do next was all based on what the government had taught him to do, because the government had taught him how to disappear completely. Mm. Really candy, right? Yeah, that right? is very true, yeah. Because years earlier, when he had refused the government offer to enter the federal witness protection program, because he didn't want to give up his identity, he's like, look, I'm dead. David Friedland. So I ain't giving that up. So he stays David Friedland. I don't care if the mafia is going to try to hit me. He knew the mafia wasn't going to hit him because he was still working with the mafia. Yeah. But anyway, I'm worried about mob reprisals. The FBI agents teach him how to disappear completely. They're like, he laid the groundwork. He was like, I will never not have this name. Yeah. I will never go <laughs> under another name. Exactly. Like so you. So help me God. <laughs> he set it up. Tell all your friends and put it on the Facebook. I would never. So unlike me. If I did that, I would be dead. Yeah. So he does that. And he also was taught how to reappear as someone new by the feds as well. Because they're like, you got to do both ends. It's like a David Blaine. Yeah, remember, crime got three components. Yeah, that's true. We always say. David Friedland, being brilliant as he was, he listened carefully to the FBI. And he decided to do exactly as instructed. So he goes and says, you know what? I know the FBI didn't expect me to use this to run from them, but this is going to work. Gangbusters. (laughs) So the FBI essentially has taught him how to evade them. So Elizabeth, what exactly did the feds teach him about how to disappear? 
I'm glad you asked. In case you ever <laughs> wanted to know, wanted to or needed to know how to disappear completely, do you know how to create a second identity? How to get your own passport, a new passport? I think it's harder now than it would have been you, yeah. years ago yeah. because of all the digitals. Yeah, they put, they put a lot of digitals <laughs> in there and what the holograms and the whatnot. Well, don't you have to get? You got to find out about a kid who died. Uh huh. That's, and then that's find the their birth certificate yeah. before they get before they get a social security number. And then you say. I'm Timmy, and mm-hmm. you, you know, and you, and you apply for a social security number, mm-hmm. and then once you get that, you go for the passport. Right. Well, there are other ways. So, like David Friedland, he didn't have time for all that, so he just decided he would obtain a legitimate Greek passport by going to one of his dying constituents and going, "Give me your identity." Oh, well, there's that too. <laughs> so that's I, efficient. And I quote: "He was in his last stages, and his family needed the money, so he went." Did and they he, look alike? I'm like, no, but I'll tell you why. He goes and he he leases this identity from this dude, Ionis Storgos. Right? I am Storgos. <laughs> so to pull it off, Friedland, he goes to the U.S. passport office. He says he lost his passport. He hands over a photo of him, and he, to prove who he said he was, he hands over the army discharge paperwork for the dying Greek man, Ionis Storgos. And so he becomes Ionis Storgos. Are they close in age? Yeah, well, you know, close enough. Like the guy's got WW2 papers yeah, no, no, and he's just age, like 20. Age would fit. It would be like, yeah, you weren't <laughs> like, you were released, sir, when you were 55 years old. He's like, yeah, so yeah. what? So the FBI agents now, meanwhile, they don't know where he is and they don't know if he's actually died or actually disappeared because people do die in scuba diving accidents. Yeah, they do. It happens, you know, happens often. But at the same time... I would say it's every one out of three times... People go scuba diving, they die. So you, you want to stand by that one? You yes. Good, you good with the math? Yep, so always. So used to be an insurance actuarial agent, huh? 33% of people who go scuba, scuba diving, diving die. Yeah. That's yeah. why people don't do it a lot anymore. I never, I've never, i never known anybody who's come back safely from scuba diving. Everybody. Either blood coming out of their ears. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust my numbers on that. I'm going to say it's two-thirds, <laughs> wow. 66%. Look, look at people. you. It's just I just, I had this calculator really handy, and I just, it's 66% of people who scuba dive die. Well, he got lucky. He was in the third that does not. And But the FBI, using your numbers, were like, he may be most likely dead. But at the same time, somebody who's facing a seven-year prison conviction mm-hmm. and they go missing after a newly discovered second round of charges for 20 yeah. million dollars that changes the metrics we're using and so they're like we think he'd run he was facing federal prison we're betting he'd run so the fbi go we should probably start investigating yeah, maybe and they look into it meanwhile the bahama air sea rescue team they're performing two-day sea and air searches they're flying over they got boats around they're looking for like any kind of floating carcass on the skin of the ocean they do not find him right well maybe did they find others and they're like oh hey look <laughs> This guy we're looking for three weeks ago. I always feel bad for the searchers in that because they're like hoping upon hope that they can find someone alive or or preparing themselves to see like someone with a shark bite out of their side. They're going to find a dead body. Yeah. And how, you know, that's that's a rough thing to do. Plus the like job success, limited resources. They're spending a lot of money, person hours Mm -hmm. and gas and snacks like Snacks. And they got the wa- snack the orange budget? slices budget. Are for- you kidding me? The snack budget on a search party? <laughs> Zarin Burnett, get out of here. They got the Boy Scouts out there. Who's bringing the orange slices Someone's for the Boy Scouts? Someone's got to run to Costco and get the little individually packed trail mix. <laughs> And then someone's got to get... <laughs> little box drinks. Of, then someone's got to go to the supermarket and get the generic Who's brand. getting the batteries two for all the flashlights? All the t- soda two liters. <laughs> You've been on a lot of search teams, uh, huh? It, the logistics. Well, I'm kind of known for it. I get called in from to searches all over the world to do this this catering. <laughs> like Elizabeth, I please. cater search and, parties. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I mean, it depends on the venue. Like, if there's a place for me to, like, prepare hot food, then it's like pigs and blankets. Yeah, you do and, both hot and cold. You know, kebabs or what have you. Whatever. It, on the go, like, hand foods. You want something that's portable, like a sandwich or yeah, burrito. Exactly. I understand. You're good at this. I am. Well, the FBI, they could have really used your skills and talents. So Always. The, because the FBI was big mad that some New Jersey state legislator had played them and used the Bureau as cover and was basically pulling off an even bigger criminal conspiracy now that he was an active FBI informant. Right. That pissed them off. <laughs> A little. Surprisingly, right? So meanwhile, the Newark federal judge was overseeing his original conviction. He was like, so he's dead, huh? Well, I don't know about that. Now, he was going to give this guy, Friedland, leniency because he'd been doing all this work with the FBI as an original undercover informant. Well, this was all predicated on him being an actual informant and not being an actual <laughs> criminal. So the judge is like, well, I hear that he's, quote, most likely deceased. Well, if this guy shows up, I'll give him 30 days to resurrect himself and he can come before the bench. So, Amen. Yeah, total, total Catholic, apparently. He's just really <laughs> pulling for some Lazarus move. So Friedland's absence is also a chance for people to settle some old scores, such as David Friedland's best friend, Mayor Wally Lindsley. He comes out and he has his lawyer because, you know, his lawyer is the one who wants to talk to the press these days. His lawyer is like, hey, yeah, you want to talk about David's disappearance? I happen to have some information about that. He says that uh, back in the day, Mayor Wally told him that the uh, headline hungry New Jersey press would love this little tidbit. He said, and I quote, David Friedland allegedly told an acquaintance that he was planning to stage a scuba diving accident to avoid serving time in prison. Uh, he blew it. <laughs> he told you me. just have to talk about what you're going to go do, not that you're, oh, David. <laughs> so Mayor Wally gets like, he's like, I touched you back, didn't I? So. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Wally's like, well, he's dead. So I knew he wanted me to have, and he's going through his house, yeah, like taking, taking all the stuff. He's gone. You know. He wanted me to have this Porsche. He promised he it really to me. So they asked the attorney, they're like, well, don't you think he could be dead? And the attorney's like, I didn't quote, I don't think a moment Friedland is dead. There's not a doubt in my mind that he is alive, sitting on a beach somewhere place or in Switzerland someplace laughing about the whole thing. So he's like basically rattling the FBI like, you want to go try these spots? He's pulling the old bum fardo. Yeah, turns out he wasn't far from the truth at all. The bum fardo disappearance energy of like, hey, I, I was here, now I'm not. Yeah. He actually pulls it off and uh, he, as Jonas Stiorgos, he manages... <laughs> He also, by the way, has a third travel passport, which is oh. a Costa Rican passport he got on some business deal. He's like, hey, how about a passport? And so he gets a passport while he's in Costa Rica. And he, the name for that passport is Richard Smith Harley. Like 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 a motorcycle? Dick Harley. Like, yeah, he's Dick, Dick Harley. Harley. So as Dick Harley, he travels from the Bahamas to London. And once he's overseas, he hides out in a luxurious Spanish resort. Can't you imagine the Spaniards? Pronto, Dick Harley. Come. <laughs> Dick Harley. So they meet up with a woman. <laughs> Costa Rican national. <laughs> yeah, he's described as, quote, a shapely blonde underwater photographer. Shapely and is such a good, like... 80s descriptor. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So They're all, a, she wears a teddy. <laughs> <laughs> so the shapely underwater photographer, her name, oh, by the way, she's his mistress. And oh, her, okay. Her name is Colette Golightly. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop. So first we pulled the card that was the uh, waterfront development card. Yes. And now I'm like, oh, I'm dealing out my cards for this story. Oh, Colette Golightly. Yes. And by the way, that's her real name, or so she claims. You know she talks all wispy. Oh, yes. Or, that's, my name's Colette. You have to understand, though, that this, this couple... <laughs> they met while she was on a scuba diving vacation in the Bahamas, and the two immediately hit it off. And I quote from the Philadelphia Inquirer's coverage, 
At the time, Golightly had become so infatuated by the glib New Jersey lawyer that she left her husband, an Indiana eye doctor, and her children to be with Friedland, even though Friedland remained married to his third wife, Carol. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, the Indiana Col- eye doctor. So Colette Golightly has uh, her own moral fluidity. Yeah, and, right. Uh, so she and Dick Hartley are bouncing around the <laughs> Spanish resort, starting their new criminal lives together. And after this short break, I'll be back to tell you how all of this goes horribly wrong. Of course. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. Cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, Elizabeth, last we left, uh, David Friedland and his mistress, Colette Golightly, they were on the run. And uh, where do you think that they decided to take their criminal road trip? So they were in what, Europe? At the time, sort of a Spanish resort. They go to Florida, London, and then they go down to Spain to meet up. Hmm. So at this point, they're in Spain. Where do they go? I think they like the tropical, Southeast Asia. That's a good guess. Really good guess. Thank you. No, they go to Africa. All right. They pull like a hole out of Africa, but instead of Meryl Streep, it's a New Jersey politician. So now they're like short shorts and pith helmets. Exactly. So while they're in Kenya, can you guess what they did? Uh, safari. They went and they found Diane Fossey's gorillas. Oh, God. <laughs> then they, of course, quote, watched a hippo give birth in a river. They just had one beautiful moment <laughs> after exactly. another. Exactly. They're like an Instagram couple before Instagram. Uh. So then after this, they bounce around Central and East Africa for a while, and then they stop at the hotel, uh, the Norfolk Rwanda. Hotel in uh, Nairobi, <laughs> Kenya. And the Norfolk Hotel was like one of those luxury hotels for expats and rich Kenyans who've mm-hmm. like decided to betray their people. And so <laughs> Freeland's like, I I need to get a new line of work. I'm running out of, like, you know, spending money quick. So he invests in an African safari guide business. And he's like, this would be good for me. And this is, like, going to be a good way to make easy money off of fat cats, right? But yeah. he has to walk away from this investment after one of the desk clerks tips him off that the Interpol is on their way to come bust him. Oh. So he walks away from the safari guide deal like Robert De Niro and Heat. And he's, like, out of the door, <laughs> right? By the way, Heat, do you like that movie? I love that All movie. Right? Val Kilmer, right? That, that ponytail. I, I sometimes... <laughs> It comes to me in, like, weak moments. I'm just like, that ponytail. Like, in a good way or no, a bad way? Like just, like, in a humorous way. Like, I need a laugh. Does and it I'm make just you like, feel a little funny in no, your it's tummy? Like, it's like imagining, like, three children dre- dressed in a trench coat. And they're pretending to be a human being. That's like somebody <laughs> pretending to be stylish criminals. Like, just funny to me. I don't know why. It's like, come on. Do you think Anytime that's what criminals have, look like? Like, the like low, really? the low pony. Yeah. I always, like, then like I he's imagine. he's a lawbreaker. Yeah, but then, like, sometimes he just takes it down shakes, shakes it shakes it out. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. can you imagine? if his name was Al Kilmer. <laughs> he had that same ponytail. He's like, I'm Al Kilmer. Like, anyway, so at some point, my man <laughs> Dick Harley Are you on LSD? and Colette Golightly, they decide, you know what? We need to leave Africa. They go back to Europe. They're in Paris now because Interpol's looking for them. So obviously, so why go, go to, to Europe Paris? because who would think go that they the... would do that? God. So they, uh, they go to the French Alps. And so they're hanging out in the French Wait, Alps. Wait, so they go to Paris and they go to the French uh-huh, Alps. Because they're like, well, Paris is kind of hot. They fly back to Paris. And oh, then they, I see. They go okay. from there to the French Alps. So many costume changes. 
changes so you get ready for this girl so <laughs> while they're in there while they're in the french alps they get made by the french police the french police are like oh that's that guy the americans are looking for right but the gendarme <laughs> don't do anything because uh france <laughs> so, the u.s marshals and the fbi they get really frustrated and there's like reports in the newspapers at the time they're saying that like that the uh gendarmes did, did nothing to try to nab him in the french alps and they were really frustrated they're like we don't understand why they did nothing like what the hell like they you, they rarely will say stuff like yeah. this in the press but they're going off he's like he was flagged on the interpol red notice they <laughs> knew who he was and the french authorities were like yeah we knew where he was staying they're like in the grand scheme of things but the great part is is dude is so committed to his like i'm i'm robert de niro and heat that he, when he's staying in the alps david friedland rented a chalet on the mountain that was right by the border so close to the border that if he needed to in a moment's notice he could ski out of his chalet and cross the border oh if he my saw God. the heat coming up to his door oh and five <laughs> Bucks says he was wearing a red ski jumpsuit. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So how did he pay for all this? God only knows. Well, I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> turns out corruption as an elected New Jersey official does pay well. Apparently. But on the day-to-day -day level, it's hard because you can only take $10,000 on a flight out of the country. So he couldn't leave with much. So he's having to get money sent to him. So he has money in banks stashed all over the world. Turns out one of his father's friends, part of this like, you know, smoky criminal network. So he's like, oh, I'll take care of your boy. So he starts sending him $5,000 to whatever bank account he ever suggests. He's like, send it to this bank, this account. He's like, okay, does it. So that's pretty much how he's paying for his life, right? Now, meanwhile, as early as 1985, and he disappears in 85, right? That's when mm -hmm, he decides to disappear. Mm -hmm. That same year, he calls up his friends and families and be like, hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> like, oh, David. Wait, he, he did they think he's dead. He, he faked his death and decides course, within a yeah. few months to unfake his death. So he calls all his families and friends and starts letting them know, hey, I may call you and need some help. Oh, by the way, I'm not dead. But keep pretending like I yeah. am. Can you imagine if you thought a friend was dead and they called you? Oh, my God. I, I would legit lose it. Like, I'd, I'd be, be like, angry, I think, too. You'd be angry? Yeah. And then I, yeah, it would be, it'd be wonderful, though. All right, well, flip it. If you had to contact somebody and you've been faking your death, how would you do it? Why would I contact anybody? <laughs> Good answer. Thank you. <laughs> so Dick Harley and Colette Golightly, they're doing well on the road. They're in their French chalet, ready to like bust out like heat. And they decide to have her daughter fly over to Europe and spend Christmas with them. Oh, God. <laughs> because they just don't give a flying F. So there's this uh, one other time in April around 1986, maybe May, where they're not exactly certain. But David Friedland... He gets away from Interpol and the, all these people looking for him on pure dumb luck and also international events because those also seem to work for him. 86? He, yeah, 86. The U.S. agents, they catch a solid tip that David Friedland has arranged to have his furniture in Kenya sent to Colombo, Sri Lanka. And if you know... 86 Sri Lanka, yep. boom. So as the U.S. Marshal, who was the head of the service's most wanted program recalled, what stymied the part was the revolution in Sri Lanka. Right, right, so right. So they right. get to Sri Lanka in time for revolution. They're looking for like one white dude. They're like, hey, have you signed this guy, David Friedland? <laughs> they're like, a little busy here. Yeah, they're like, sorry, we got all sorts of NGO people. I don't know, look for them. So the future Supreme Court justice would later come to the same conclusion that David Friedland is kind of hard to find. At the time, though, he was still a U.S. attorney. And I quote, we've been one step behind him for a long time. Samuel Alito. Wow. Yeah, he was on the case back then. Also, so wow. was Michael Chertoff. There was a bunch of names you know Dang, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dick Hartley, a.k.a. David Friedland, he manages to stay free and wild until two days before Christmas 1987. And what happened before Christmas 1987? Two days before Christmas How did he get popped? How could a man so smart and so gifted with dumb luck ever get caught, Elizabeth? I, I'm drawing a blank. Well, but... he and Colette Golightly decided to resettle in the Maldives. 
And that's a very specific place. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful locations on earth. I've never been there. I've seen photos. Yeah, I've always yeah, wanted to go there. Yeah, that's what I understand. Looks like a great life, right? So he's living there. He's building a beach house. It's scheduled to be done with construction. On New Year's Day, it's like real close. And he's got like a luxury, at least for 1986 Sri Lanka. So that means he's got air conditioning, refrigerator, TV, yeah. and a VCR. Oh, he's noted hey to go to the local video store and constantly rent his favorite Star Wars movies. Are you serious? Yeah, I swear to God. So, and oh, by the way, he's like laying low. He's not really dressing like a rich man. Neither is Colette Golightly. He's acting somewhat out of habitual behavior. He's so. acting like an actual wealthy person. Yeah, would. for the most part, yeah. yeah. But he has like these little tiny luxuries that do make him stand out. So like every morning he'd go to this hotel restaurant, he'd have a, a peanut butter sandwich made with peanut butter, jam, butter, and sliced banana. People have always noted that. So he do things that sticks out in memory, mm -hmm. which is not something you really want to do. Yeah. Anyway, he would also tell anyone who would listen that he was a lawyer from America, even though everybody knew that he was a, from Costa Rica, according to his passport. <laughs> so there was that. <laughs> yeah. Then there was also, well, how did he get caught, Elizabeth? Let's just skip right to yeah, it. Yeah, please right? tell me. Please the tell me. The truth is, I think he wanted to get caught. Because, oh, yeah. well, here, let me flesh out my theory. He starts doing local television, mm -hmm. right? So because well, yeah. he's a, he's an old politician, so he's got that love of the camera and, and the crowd. And he's in the Maldives. Yeah, he's in the Maldives. It's not like a big place, but it's like somewhere <laughs> he would stand out. So he starts doing local TV. He just, you know, he can't help it. And then he also, like the Navy, U.S. Navy has Well, when you say doing local TV. Like for, he's got his scuba school. And so he starts doing ads. He starts oh, okay. doing he's like, not like their graduation ceremonies. He starts like, doing like things politicians he's would like do. He's like the MC of the graduation yeah, ceremony. Yeah, he's like making sure that he's on TV often. And they're and like, like, who is He's coming this up guy? with reasons. Like, oh, we're going to have a great weekend down here at the hotel. You guys need to, like, anytime you can. Yeah. So anyway, and this is the, the American Dick Harley supposed to be on the low. Oh, Dick Harley. And uh, also, I'm not sure if you know this, but in the Indian Ocean, we have a big U.S. Navy presence and they yes. stop in the Maldives as for port of call. And mm -hmm. so U.S. Navy ships would be there. He would go down to the U.S. Navy ships and go onto the ship and glad hand with the sailors and talk to them. This man was internationally famous on newspapers just three years prior. Any one of them could have recognized him. He's like, I'm going to take my chances. I just want to go talk to the boys. I, I, All his politician instincts, they just leap out. Yeah. Right? He can't help himself. So then comes the shark postcard. No. The, the what? The shark postcard, I'm glad you asked, <laughs> is something he did to popularize his scuba diving school. The guy who'd owned it before him took some picture of him feeding sharks, and the sharks are in a frenzy, and it's a very, like, you know, like, oh, look at me putting my hand in with the sharks, and, like, I'm on, like, a very low dock, and it's so dangerous, but if you come to my scuba school, you have adventures like this, that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. So he goes and wants to do this. So he and some American friend, they go down, they pose for this photo. Photo comes out gangbusters. They decide to turn it into a postcard. The what? locals oh. love it. They turn it into a postcard and start selling it in all the hotels for all the tourists. So there he is on a rack, just his face for anybody to recognize. Love Luckily for him, none of this gets him well, caught. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's like you don't... Now I'm going to have to go look at all the tourist postcards I see. <laughs> you don't you don't expect that kind of thing. Like, and I don't... But I think if you for saw the public, his face, though, and you knew him? He, but if you knew him, but all his friends know he's still alive. And so, like... But if you're just like a New Jersey tourist... You're not going to recognize that. This guy, he's like a few years out of faking his own death. But you're death not thinking about those things. You're, you know, you're in, swept up in the romance of the Maldives, Aaron. <laughs> Fair enough. You got swimmers Fair here enough. and you're just sunburned. I got tanned all. lovelies everywhere. I'm feeling beautiful you and are drunk. Just, you're full of cocktails. Yeah, I've and got the acid roasted going. Roasted meats. And yeah. you're just like, yeah, you look at it, you don't see the faces on anything. Okay, fair enough. That may be exactly it, because he doesn't get caught for a long there time. There you go. There you go. Some people speculate it was a business rival who decided to drop dime on him, because 
he was growing so fast. Mm-hmm. He'd gotten a new contract, opened up a couple more scuba schools. He was now going to franchise his scuba well, and schools. Well, he's an incomer. He's recent yeah. there. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd rat him uh-huh. out. I'd and be he's like, got three dive schools. Who is this guy? Mm-hmm. How did he get this money? And how can I destroy him if I'm the <laughs> rival? You're ruthless. Yes, I am. So some other people suggested there was a bank employee who was if the I'm one. If I'm a bank employee, <laughs> I see <laughs> this guy. Them. He had all these irregularities. He was using different passports. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. So anyway, they tell the Maldivian police or Maldivian police. The police in the Maldives. This dude's hinky as all hell, right? So they come and they show up at his cottage and they're like, hey man, we've been hearing some stuff about you. Can we see your passport? They take his Costa Rican passport. They're like, thanks, Dick Harley. And now he assumed it's about a mistaken identity because if you can believe it, there turned out to be at the exact same time on the island, another man named Richard Smith Harley, but without the E, who was a British mercenary who was getting in bar fights and he's assumed that that's who they were looking for. Oh my god. <laughs> so this British hard man, he's like, I'm not that Richard Harley. I'm this Dick Harley. They're like, no, no. I'm we, Dick Harley. You're the one we're looking for. And he's like, okay. So then the local police, they come back after like a day or so and then they arrest him, right? And they they, would, because they go, hey man, your, your passport's kind of weird. And it's like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, we noticed you have stamps from from the Maldives coming in and out of the Maldives, but you don't have stamps from a single other country. And he's like, about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I swear to God, this is what he tells them. I didn't want the pages filled up with stamps and I would ask them not to stamp the pages. And they're like, that's, that's impossible. Yeah. That doesn't. <laughs> Do we look that like, stupid? Don't sir? touch my passport. They're like, nee. so they arrest him. <laughs> so then the cops <laughs> go and they search his place and they discover another passport. I am Storgos. Oh right? yeah. So Jonas Storgos and Richard Smith Harley have pictures on their passports. So they're the exact same guy. So I am Storgos and I am Dick Harley are have now fused in the mind of the prosecutors. Yeah. They're like, hmm. And then they go and they look up in him in like their computers and they go into the Interpol database and boom, up pops a picture of David Friedland and this whole Interpol red notice and he's a New Jersey politician, a lawyer on the run from America and that's where like, we should contact the U.S. Yeah. So they contact the U.S. and if you can believe it, back against the wall, David Friedland, he's like, I got a card to play. So he goes to them and he goes, hey, cops, I, I know this is, I lied to you. Let's get past that. I was scared. I would like to ask for political sanctuary. So if I could talk to the president and they're like, what do you mean? Why would you get political sanctuary? He's like, I'm a Muslim now. They're like, what? Because oh my God. that's the majority of reli- majority religion on the island was, right. was Islam. So he's like, yeah, I converted to Islam. And they're like, where? Which Can you tell us which yeah. mosque? And can he's like, tell, I, I, have, us, I have no evidence of this. Can you tell us anything about it? Like, can you tell us any tenant of the faith? And he's like, ah, Islam, Islam, Allah. <laughs> and he's like, they're like, okay, well, when did you convert? He's like, well, a little while ago. And they're like, where I don't know it doesn't matter I have no evidence you know but once I was converted they told me all was forgiven so I'd like to stay oh, <laughs> like man. that's not how any of this works yeah yeah so he, then he tells them and also later on in court he says this exact same story he said I had a really weird experience and and I quote I had talked myself into it about be, being Muslim he's like I had talked myself into it I saw a white-robed figure. Wasn't sure if it was Abraham or Muhammad. I saw the figure sitting down, and he was beckoning to me. So he has, like, some, like, hallucination, like his wife accused him of having LSD. because of all the acid. LSD. So he has this acid flashback of, like, Muhammad Abraham visiting him, and he decides, I'm a Muslim. And that's not how that works. So they're no. like, that's not how you become a Muslim. So no. He's like, I announce I'm Muslim! So now Dave Friedland's like, okay, looks like I'm going to prison, but I have given my word I will never go to prison again. So he's like, I got one more Hail Mary card. What do you think is this? What would be your Hail Mary card at this point? I'll give you a hint. He turns to a world leader and asks for help. <gasps> Who do you go to in 1980s for world help? Gorbachev. 
Good guess. Muammar Gaddafi. Oh, God. <laughs> According to the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm just thinking, like, who can't help me? <laughs> oh, no, Gaddafi. There is another one. And I quote, describing himself as an American leader of a government of six million people, a.k.a. New Jersey, uh-huh. he asked the Libyan leader, Muammar Gaddafi, be notified that Friedland wanted to, quote, discuss certain matters concerning foreign policy, specifically the embarrassment the Maldivian government would experience if it deported a newly converted Muslim. <laughs> so he, oh. he appeals to Muammar Gaddafi for religious protection and sanctuary. Gaddafi like reads the telegram and looks at his like Amazon warrior women <laughs> guarding him. Is like, what do you think, ladies? Humor they, him. They start nah. laughing. Yeah, <laughs> they shred it. Shoots an arrow through it. <laughs> a falcon carries it into the sky. So at, at this point, he's like, okay, that's probably a go nowhere move. So Friedland confesses later on in court in back in America. I know it sounds ridiculous, but what else did I have? I had no foreign secrets to divulge. There, these were the acts of a desperate, frightened man no clutching f- at his every last straw. <laughs> He's like, I couldn't sell out my country. Yeah. I didn't have anything. I would have <laughs> if I had anything. <laughs> so the Maldivian police, and the next morning they tell him, like, "Hey, man, here, uh, get washed up." They bring him some toiletries. He shaves. He bathes. He prepares for transport back to the U.S. And he's all nervous about it. And the day after Christmas, Friedland gets brought into the small meeting room. He's got a fresh shave. He's got washed hair, and they're waiting for him are two U.S. Marshals and a federal investigator. Investigator, you know, some, you know, administrator type. He looks at the most wanted fugitive on their list and he says, good morning, David. We've come to take you back to the United States. So Friedland nearly collapses. He turns whiter than white. He, like, they say the, the people who witnessed it, the cops, they're like, he was bleached of all color. He started out white, but he was bleached <laughs> he of all color. Translucent. He just falls into himself. He, now, he arrives back in America at JFK Airport in New York on December 28th, 1987, right? He's gazing out at his former country, and Friedland tells the U.S. Marshals, it's good to be back in the U.S. Now, a little while later, he tells another marshal, I was just tired of running. Now, after, this is to my theory. Now, after yeah. his capture, Friedland said, I felt quite comfortable there. My behavior wasn't consistent, though. Sometimes I'd think, this is great. I'm running this medical clinic and scuba diving. And then I'd start thinking about what I was doing overall. Here I am pretending to be somebody else. All that would begin to eat at me. There were times that it, would, it did bother me quite a bit. But what was difficult was the inner sense of loss of identity, of not being myself. Hmm. For him, that was worse than prison. That's interesting. Right? Now, back in America, he still had to stand trial for defrauding the Teamsters Local 701 of the $20 million from the pension fund. And in court, at one point, he's like, you know, he's swinging for the fences, as he often does. He's quoting from the book of Job, talking about how he's God's own personal joke, the subject of a bet between God and the devil. He's like, look at my cursed face. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. And he's talking about how his father raised him not to have any morals, and this is not my fault, right? Now, regardless of his theological status as God's personal joke, Friedland, he gets tried and convicted, sentenced to an additional 15 years. And the judge's kind lets his seven years prior run congruent, so he won't have to do any extra time. But he's not done. For his last this last, last get-out-of-jail-free card play. He's got one more. So he goes, while he's still out free, he goes to the DEA, and he tries to cut a side deal. Oh, my... <laughs> you know, he, so he claims to the DEA that he knew about the connection between international terrorism and drug trafficking. And he tells the DEA, I can help you find and recover stolen Stinger missiles hidden in Afghanistan. And this is 87. This is 87. Interesting. So this is like, yeah, like Rambo 3, Mujahideen uh-huh, time, right? Uh-huh. So Friedland trades the info that he has. Apparently, I guess he got from talking to Muammar Gaddafi. I don't know where he got this information. <laughs> but he trades this info, and he tells the DEA where to find Stinger missiles, and they find them in Afghanistan. No way. And he tries to get a reduced sentence. So he gets eight years in federal prison, and then he's finally released 
quite the life, huh? Wow. Or quite the fake death. I anyway, guess, yeah. He just passed away for real this earlier this year in April 2022. In the life of David Friedland. Wow. Are you sure he really did? I know. Raises an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's a ridiculous takeaway here, Elizabeth? I'm I'm stuck on that last bit where you're talking about how he thought it was worse than jail to give up his true self. Mm-hmm. And it's like this guy, the ego on this guy. Oh, it's interesting you say ego. Because I'm just thinking he had, you can see his behavior throughout where he uh-huh. has these things that are very close to his public identity of, yes. I need to go glad hand on a carrier i need to you know schmooze around i need to be on local tv yeah has to be in the public eye and a lot he's getting energy and he's Mm -hmm. getting validation he starts returning to himself yeah and so the idea that he couldn't do that i i don't know i just feel like i don't think i'd have a problem just like having to be someone totally different do but what if the being somebody totally different denied you all the things that you know that give you pleasure well, because for him, that's, that's what that was. Pleasure, but you know what? Life is suffering. So. <laughs> well, I'm used to getting denied pleasure. Well, I don't mean pleasure. I'm used I to mean giving like, up like nice the things. real sense of like not just pleasure, like a little joy or a little luxury or a little nice moment. But I mean pleasure as in like imagine if food no longer tasted like yeah, anything. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I mean real. Like, but I just like you know the idea of that's worse than jail. Like I think there are other ways to reformulate yourself so mm-hmm. that you get that little bit, but not to the degree. So he could be involved in his community like an actual politician is supposed to be. Yeah, but you're talking. See, now you're talking about like in theory, people becoming bigger and better versions of themselves. I want <laughs> everyone to fake their death and become a better person. That's my ridiculous takeaway. I like that about you. I find it interesting. Thank you for asking, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Is that how you can anytime t- turn? <laughs> the most beautiful place on earth into your own personal prison. Mm-hmm. Like he's in what literally one of the most beautiful places yes. on earth and he cannot find a way to live happily there because of the guilt he feels and Poor the shame. For me, and, he says. Yeah, exactly. He's the the curse of Job. Yep. So David Friedland cannot run guilt and shame. Nor can he forget his desire to hear his real name and all that, you know, what you're yeah. talking about, the glad handing. So he'd rather be a prisoner then be an unknown man in paradise. But he also said that before ever having done time, right? No, he... Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I don't think you need... To, I think some of us can imagine prison without having to be there. I don't know. Well, as Sammy Davis Jr. once sang, Elizabeth... Yeah? Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. Whether yes. I find a place in this world... Yes. ...or never belong... Let it out. Let it out. Do I it. I gotta be me. I gotta be me. Come what on. else can I be but what I am? I gotta be me. Okay, that's enough. That was beautiful. I would say that I gotta be me is the unofficial theme song of humanity. Definitely. Like, that's all of our songs. Anyway, it's thanks for joining your us. Song. <laughs> I'm Zaren Burnett. Over uh, there, that's Elizabeth Dutton. Right here. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime. That's on Twitter and on Instagram. On Twitter, we do games on the weekend. There's puzzles. And on Instagram, we always post photos of these people, these crimes, these places. So it really helps you if you want to see what it actually looks like. Uh, If you have a crime that you'd like to share with us, please do email us. But don't snitch on your family, all right? That is RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton, that's her, and me, Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Iona Storgos lookalike, Dave Kustin. Research is by our resident faked death investigator, Marissa Brown. Our theme song is by Thomas, no, I am Thomas Lea, Lee, and Travis, call me Dick Harley, Dutton. Executive producers are Ben, number three on the U.S. Marshals Most Wanted list, Bolin, and Noel, no, I've never heard of Noel Brown, Brown. 
Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.